Oh, good morning, everyone. Welcome back. I'm talking to Scott Ritchie. Thank you for letting me come back. Well, you know, it was a close thing, maybe. You know, Brad Underwood, he does a pretty good job in those type of things as, a, as our special guest for episode number 200. But, you know, I missed, I guess, oh. hearing about how wrong I am about everything. <laughs> he didn't tell basketball. you? No. Dang I, it. Like he, uh, maybe he wanted to, but uh, he, he, he held off. So we can just get back to the normal. Thank you. All right. This is Jim Rosso, Vice President of News, uh, co-conspirator with Scott Ritchie for now 201 episodes of Inside Illini Basketball. Brad Underwood, uh, happy to have him for number 200, just as he did like number 100. And uh, he'll be here for number 300, he texted me uh, last night. Well, he agreed to that um, yes. last week. So That's great. That's based on the assumption that both of us will still be here. <laughs> and I've signed Scott Ritchie for a, a, another five-year deal for no pay, long hours, miserable working conditions. Thank you for signing that or for letting uh, me sign it for you. Which I feel like is how every contract I've had here, which I didn't even know I had them until you've <laughs> told me that they've been signed uh, in my name. Uh, Scott Ritchie, the best beat writer you, you can find. Not only uh, does he cover basketball, but uh, he covers pretty much everything else for us. If you picked up your Sunday print edition, you saw a little what? Uh, some soccer, some baseball, some. Uh, and you're off to tennis today. Anything else? Anything you're not covering? Uh, state track, thankfully. You're not a big track fan, are you, Scott Ritchie? Um, I think it's fine, and like usually you can get really good stories from it, but. Having covered the state track meets in Charleston, there's always usually one day where it's 100 degrees, another day where it pours. <laughs> they had that on Saturday. Yep. Um, it's So it can be kind of a miserable experience. So Colin Likas, all yours. Excellent. Well, this is uh, basketball. We will dive into Kofi's combine performance. Uh, you know, reading Twitter is a dangerous thing because it is often misleading. Uh, let's start with that, right? True, false, yes. Yeah. Yeah, just a tad. About anything. Okay, this is this is why you trust Scott Ritchie. So I took a journey down Twitter yesterday, last week reading about Kofi, and some tweets maybe I read that he's the next NBA All-Star. Fill me in. That would be something. Um, I'm not sure that that's the reality that we live in. Um, now, Kofi had a good week at the Combine in Chicago. Because there are several things where he stood out. I mean, you look at you know physical measurements. You know, he's a real seven footer. You know, sometimes that gets you know a little you know fudged on rosters. He's seven feet tall, weighed in at two hundred ninety three pounds, and had an eight point two percent body fat, which is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then you know the day those measurements came out, because that was the first day of the combine, I think on Wednesday. Adam Fletcher, Adam Fletcher, strength and conditioning coach, also. You tweeted out you know, the before and after pictures of Kofi, like when he arrived in Champaign and what he looked like at the end of his junior season. Body had been transformed. Um, so the Fletch effect is real. I wouldn't be surprised if Brad Underwood just like went to, you know, for these evaluation periods coming up, you know, you know, this summer, just had a sign and just carried around and just said, ask me about Adam Fletcher. Um, because he changed Io's body and Io has thrived because of it. And we'll see what it means for Kofi, but so that was good. You know, some other testing wasn't maybe the best news for Kofi. I mean, doesn't have like a notable, you know, 
large wingspan you know, for a seven footer. It's I mean wingspan of seven four, but like and that's good. It's fine if it was closer to him being you know more square. Like that's an issue. But standing reach isn't that great. Vertical was okay. Like he doesn't like he doesn't have to get off the floor to dunk. Um, so that's maybe not as much of an issue. Uh, thinking you know they do a, like a three quarter court sprint. He had a really good time, especially the fact that he's seven foot tall, two hundred ninety three pounds. And he showed that Illinois, he can get up and down the court where the testing revealed, I think it will be an issue is, you know, more agility based measurements, uh, the shuttle drill, um, some, a lane agility test and his results were you know, towards the bottom, you know, of, you know, the players that opted to get tested and you know, like most of the top prospects don't go through that because, they know they're going to get drafted regardless. Um, and then it all came to a head. I, I played three games over three days, and he averaged a double-double, was you know physically dominant in the paint, rebounded well, and we all know that. Like, that's what he did for three seasons in Illinois and just progressively more. Um, but he attempted one three-pointer, missed it. Free throw shooting, uh was sort of in flux like it was his entire Illinois career. Uh, one game was pretty good, the others maybe not so good. And there was one clip that I saw, you know, that uh Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN's draft guy. I mean, he's like one of their uh, pre like le- leading to the draft, he does like a, a lot of the scouting and you know, does all the mocks. It wasn't a clip of Kofi, it was a clip of Trevian Williams, former Purdue forward or center, however you want to call him. Had Kofi ISOed, you know, in the mid range and just cooked him. Crossed him up, Kofi and stumbled a little bit defensively, Trevian hit the floater over him. Like that's not a clip you want out there. And it just it illustrates that Kofi's future in the NBA is going to be dictated by whether he can defend. Like it there's no questions about what he can do offensively. I mean the only one is like can he become more of a shooter, but like you know what you're gonna get. A double double type guy, physically dominant in the paint, but it doesn't matter how good he is offensively. If you can't defend, there's really not a spot for you in the league. And even defensive player of the year, almost all the time, Rudy Gobert can't play in the playoffs because the you know, teams figure out a way to you know, use his strengths against him. And it's just it's a uphill climb, I would say, still for Kofi in the draft. But to, you know, paraphrase Bob Osmondson, it only takes one. Just one team to say, okay, we like what he can do. We think we can help him get better in his areas that he's deficient. And there you have it. He's on a roster. All right, I'd take him in the second round. There, Jim, GM Jim says second round pick. Well, I mean, if he does get drafted, it's going to be in the second round, probably late in the second round. You know, the team just takes a flyer. On him, because that's what it would be. Because there's no guarantee that he'll succeed in the NBA. There's no guarantee he won't, but there's questions about you know his fit, and it's crazy because everyone's talked about it since he you know popped up on the radar. I was like, twenty years ago, like he probably doesn't even play college basketball because he gets drafted out of high school because he's that kind of player in that era was seen as like we have to have you know these huge physical centers and 
There's just not that many of them left. All right, uh, other basketball news uh, besides Kofi. Plenty still going on. Slowed down just a tad, so some extensions, some contract extensions, as uh, reported by the News Gazette last week, uh, for some assistants. Yeah, all three assistant coaches, uh, Chester Frazier, Tim Anderson, Jeff Alexander, um, got you know an extension, and I probably had to do it, because like, just look at what they've you know, accomplished in a year, you know, being, you know, at that level, because Jeff Alexander obviously was on staff previously. Um, but Tim Anderson has opened many recruiting doors. Um, you know, I think if you look at the players Illinois added for next season, Ty Rogers, Sky Clark, Terrence Shannon, and those are all sort of quote-unquote Tim's guys. Uh, he was the initial point of contact. and uh, All three of them go, could wind up being very important. You know, for the next year's team, you know, Chester Frazier, Jay Epps, and Sir Harris, you know, Jeff Alexander showed off his coaching chops. You know, Brad Underwood gets run out of the Ohio State game. Illinois down like significant double figures, and then you know, Jeff coaches him up, gets him back into you know where that was a game. So, and I think you know, his recruiting efforts haven't maybe yielded a, a player yet, but he has only in a good spot with you know some some guys so yeah I mean Brad Underwood got the extension himself and then his assistants did as well and I think you know as long as the team keeps winning you'll keep seeing that happen before I mean at some point these assistant coaches are probably going to get a shot somewhere else I mean I think Chester Frazier is kind of seen as a guy that is building towards being a head coach probably sooner rather than later this much is true. Uh, Illinois got it going on for uh, men's basketball. It's been a long time since we could say that uh, over a stretch like they've uh, they've enjoyed, and by all accounts, it will continue next year. Scott Ritchie doesn't have him number one in the Big Ten yet. I understand. No, and you're not listening to me uh, as usual when I tell you you should have Indiana number one, especially with last week's news, and you continue to d- defy logic and me. Yeah. I need an explanation. Well, because maybe I'm right. Like, I think that's a good enough explanation. And I did move Illinois up in the my the sort of tinker with the, the Big Ten power pull um, to number three. I got them ahead of Michigan State because Max Christie is not coming back from mm-hmm. the Spartans. Um, Ooh, I don't get this. Max Christie non-factor. I guess it's the potential thing. It was the potential thing because you look at like could, could he be then what Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray were as sophomores mm-hmm. to make that kind of leap? What Jaden Ivey was, mm-hmm. and I think that is there. I mean, he has that potential. Now Where's his gonna, brother going? Well, his brother's I, still a. Is he going to be a senior? No, he's just going to be a junior. I don't, I don't know. Big t- like most like all of the sort of quote-unquote local Big Ten programs, the closest ones have offered Cam. Okay, all right. He had a good season this last year, but. All right, back to your misguided poll. Well, so, Illinois, so Michigan State's a four, Illinois at three. And then one and two, it's Michigan one, Indiana two. And I'll tell you why. Now, Indiana probably got the best news of the a week in the Big Ten, that Trace Jackson Davis is coming back. Because they're better with him than without him. What that doesn't change, though, is Indiana still doesn't have anybody that can shoot. Like, they shot 33% from three as a team last year, which ranks somewhere in, like, the 
200s team-wise of the 358 Division One programs. Like, that's not great. And maybe one of the four freshmen they've added can be a shooter, but we don't know anything about them at the college level. We do know that their best returning shooter is Xavier Johnson, and he wasn't that good as a shooter. So I think that's the one thing that could still hold Indiana back. Otherwise, I kind of like the team. I mean, they got two five-star freshmen coming in. I'm thinking, I'm thinking they can shoot. All right. But can they? Only one's a guard. The other's more of a... Name of Luke Ricker, are you thinking? I'm thinking that like they, none of those guys have shown that they can shoot that are on the team, <laughs> at least not very well. But you can get better as a shooter. Maybe that happens. Mm-hmm. That could elevate them. But still got Michigan number one, and the only thing that could change that, I think, is like what happens with Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate because both are still going through the draft process, and they've got essentially a week, week and a day, to make their decision. June 1st is the you're either in or you're out day uh, to maintain your college eligibility. But I don't see mock drafts with them mentioned. And if they both come back, I think Michigan clearly is the the favorite in the Big Ten. If they if one comes back, uh, I think it would depend on which one. That's how I'd view it. But I mean, there's a chance for Indiana to get to number one, but it, it mostly requires Michigan not getting – those guys back all right the good news is we have time for you to fix your rankings uh, before the season starts and before you start like submitting ap top 25s things like that so that's yeah i don't have to do your favorite i don't have to do that yeah my my preseason top 25 until october which would be good because like i mean illinois has three open scholarships the roster is likely going to change even more in the next you know month or two okay so the long-haired guy from baylor is coming to illinois i understand well, I think there's a lot of Illinois fans that have like said that on Twitter, and I think as you mentioned, where the, I saw it, I think as you mentioned at the top, Twitter could be a little misleading. Now, Illinois was one of the teams that you know, reached out to Matthew Mayer, expressed some interest once he hit the portal, uh, but he was also going through the draft process. Decided to pull out at the end of last week, and I don't. I mean, Illinois needs another front court piece. Matthew Mayer's n- more wing than front court, I think. Um, what they really need is someone like, a, unless they're sold on Coleman Hawkins playing the five with Dane Danger and like splitting his time between the four and the five, then sure, I think maybe go after Matthew Mayer. Like, I think his is more about potential because he's just a six nine guy with shooting potential. Didn't have great numbers last year. His efficiency was down. I think that was. Like he scored more, played more, was not as efficient um, last season as you know compared to the previous one. Um, so I, I have some questions about him a little bit, but if he maximizes what he can do, then I think he could be obviously a good addition for any team. Um, the thing is, like he played twenty two minutes a game last year at Baylor, was not like I mean, he was obviously you know key piece in the rotation, but he wasn't like one of the guys. You have to wonder if like if that's his goal is to I mean play thirty plus minutes a game, maybe be the guy or if not the one then the two. Um and I don't know that that role is like there for him at Illinois. Like Terrence Shannon, I think, is probably gonna be there 
you know, in theory, their go-to guy. They're maybe their number one, but um, I think Matthew Mayer would improve the overall talent level at Illinois. Um, but I'd still say a guy that could play a little more five would be the be the ideal. But I'm not the coach. Brad Underwood has his ideas. Yeah, he does. And like right. he gets paid millions of dollars yeah. for them. Clearly, based on the the contract that I quote unquote signed, I'm on a different uh, salary bracket. Yes, you are. Uh, saw R.J. Melendez over the weekend. Did a fine job at the Champagne Rotary Action Auction, which was emceed by the one and only Dion Thomas, who you know did a good bang up job. Yeah. Well. Right. Yeah, he's. I think Dion's like maybe meant to have a microphone. I think so. Just a very personable guy. Yeah. Congratulations to both those fellows for chipping in to, uh, for a good cause. More than two hundred thousand dollars raised. I tried to auction off a a day trip to Eureka with Scott Ritchie, and it no takers. A dollar ten cents was raised, and that was Lauren Tate. I'd, I'd take Lauren for free if you <laughs> wanted to go. So <laughs> that was a fun time. Uh, what are the current players doing? I got a chance to drive by Ubbin uh, the other day on my way to the NCAA Tennis Championships, and it looks to be coming along. Yeah, I mean, I driven by it as well. Yeah. And like all of the glass is, you know, it, it looks like it's gonna. I mean, like the renderings. I mean, it's gonna be pretty fancy. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's almost June, and. In theory, in two, two and a half months, you know, get to August, maybe middle August. Like, they're hoping okay. that it'll be done. It's going to be sweet. Cross your fingers. Like, I mean, it. I mentioned it before. Like, Ubbin will once again sort of be you know, at the pinnacle of basketball practice facilities, mm-hmm. much like it was when it was literally like the first of its kind, you know, in the, the late 90s. What are the current players like uh, Mr. Melendez and uh, those types doing uh, to keep in shape? And where, more to the point? Well, I mean, the May Mester is ongoing. I mean, that's – I'm not sure if that's the official like name of it, but that's what Brad Underwood has decided to call it. It's the first shorter, like, summer school session. But it happens in May, so – or mostly in May. Um. So with that, I mean, Sky Clark, Jaden Epps, and Sir Harris, freshmen, are here. Ty Rogers probably would have been, but he's got the uh, USA basketball opportunity um, that begins uh, this week, actually, with the, the training camp down in Houston at the end of the week starts. Um, so can't do a lot. Like, can't, I don't think you do anything on the court with the coaches at this point, but can work with Adam Fletcher, and you know, that's the important thing for those freshmen, and really, I mean, for guys like RJ Melendez and Luke Goody, just to continue on that piece, but they can also work out, you know, basketball wise together. All of that with Ubbin, you know, being uh, unavailable is happening uh, at what is now the Fighting Illini Center for Excellence, aka Memorial Stadium, the North End. Because there's the weight room there that used to be the old football weight room. Other sports are using basketball teams using it now, and then just hooping at the arc. Sweet. We go back to our COVID days when they set up uh, standards in the the East Hall of Memorial Stadium <laughs> yeah. for the guys who were had to quarantine to get some jumpers. Yeah, so they're in a little better situation now. Um, actually, have like a real gym, 
But sure. I mean, maybe maybe they take it to the playground. Just get some. Why not? Oh, the weather. Down. I mean, with the weather is right now, like I'd go play outside. I got a Snapchat from Ty Rogers. Uh, okay. Over the weekend, saying, "What's up with your beat writer dogging me? Not in any of the starting lineups that he keeps offering up. Don't you know I'm playing for USA Basketball? I do know that, and I'd remind Ty that his own coach doesn't really <laughs> care who starts. Um, it's more about who finishes, and like he's going to get significant minutes, I think, because of the fact that he can just kind of fill any gap, like any space. Like he has the both the positional versatility and you know the versatility in his game to be a, a real utility piece. For Illinois, and that could mean you know real minutes in the rotation as a freshman. So I, I'm not dogging Ty Rogers. I'm setting him up to have a potentially you know impressive freshman year. You don't put blue chip recruit and utility in the same sentence. That's what he told me. Well, to argue, argue the point with Ty, I'm I'm not sure Illinois any of their four freshmen are considered quote unquote blue chip. I'm not sure that exists actually anymore. And if it did, it'd be the guys that are five stars. And unfortunately for Sky Clark, and I don't I mean, should an injury have brought him down as much as it did? Eh, it's not for me to say. I don't do the rankings, but he he did drop from five star status. At one point, like he was a top ten player in the class. That's blue chip. Maybe Ty Rogers should be a blue chip, but I don't hand out the chips. I'll text him back. I'll snap him back with your explanation. Tell him to listen to the podcast, maybe. See if he, yeah, and I think if he goes back through all the podcasts where I've just said that I've been very impressed with Ty Rogers and his potential to play right away, I think he he should like that. All right, three open scholarships, as you said. Um, gut feeling, any of those three get filled this year? Sure, I think at least one, and it'd be that a big of some sort. And a second, potentially, un- unless Brad Underwood just leans in all the way with his freshman guards and just says, it's your offense to run. Um, maybe they add a veteran you know, guard with uh, the second one. And I think the third one stays open. One, because it gives you flexibility at you know mid-year if there's a guy already in the portal and be like, he would fit. There's, you know, that option to add him at that point. And like Brad Underwood has mentioned, like, not going to keep 13 scholarship guys happy anymore. Like, I can see teams just going into seasons with 10, 11, 12 scholarship players. Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban got in after it. Fun to listen to. Who is Brad Underwood's Jimbo Fisher? If it ever came to that, come on, give me play along with me here, Scotty. Who'd be the one that he'd jump on? Well, just based on where the rivalries have sort of emerged over the last few years, and maybe where they haven't. I mean, it's Jawan Howard and no one else. Like that's, I think there's more. I don't know, Brad and Jawan could just get along fine, but like there's more dislike between the fan bases. Uh, between Hunter Dickinson and the F- Illinois fan base, um, between like Illinois Michigan is like the rivalry right now. 
And Illinois, on a, from a basketball standpoint, has pretty well dominated that. You know, Kofi has had the upper hand on Hunter Dickinson. Now, Kofi's gone. Hunter's back. We'll see what that means. But Come on, who's the coach Hunter doesn't like in the Big Ten? What do you think? They all play nice, right? Yeah. They all and, shake hands. And, and I think basketball coaches are like a little more congenial to yeah, with each other right. than you football. Right. Like football coaches are paranoid and distrustful and for the most part have before, you know, last week had relied on mutually assured destruction that some coach isn't going to air your dirty laundry because mm. his own closet is full of the same. Um, and they grew up tackling each other. For yeah. intensely, right? They, it's a physical, violent game that you don't like your opponent to a point where you want to dismember him. Yeah. Well, I mean that might be taking a little far, but like just <laughs> to like the like EYBL events I've been to where the coaches are there, you know, about evalu- scouting, evaluating. Like you watch them, like they spend more time talking with each other than watching the players. Like it's basically there is like where where your team branded gear be seen, and then talk with guys you haven't seen all year. Like they get along much better than football coaches, so I don't know that there's there's that guy for Brad Underwood. But maybe it's Juwan Howard because he has beef Not with Fran McCaffrey. They get along. Uh, they get along like right. terrifically well. Well, that disappoints me. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure like what Fran thought about Brad like two years ago or wait, no, gosh, how long ago was this? Twenty. It's 2020, so yeah, two years I guess. But signing the. The Fran Con <laughs> poster <laughs> that the Crush brought, like over, for, like on Fran's forehead. All, all good fun. Yeah, but that I think like great. those two get along. Like, it's basketball is different. Um, yeah, I, but I mean, Juwan has had beef with Mark Turgeon, who's gone now, um, with Greg Gard. So I mean, he's just making his way through the big thing. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of teams left. <laughs> Uh, any big b- winners in your mind so far in the off season for the Big Ten? Who are the and who are those teams? I think Illinois should be considered a winner. I mean, Terrence yeah. Shannon was one of the top transfers available, and they got him. Um, they're freshmen, or like four top one hundred guys, um, and all moved up. Except, I mean, okay, Scott Clark didn't move up in the rankings, but he didn't drop that far. But the other three moved up you know, after their senior seasons were over. Um, trying to think here. Who else was? I mean, Michigan could be a winner. It kind of depends on those draft decisions. But getting Hunter Dickinson back, I mean, as much as you may or may not like him, like he's a good basketball player. Um, added a, it's kind of a wash at point guard for them. You know, they added the Princeton transfer Jalen Llewellyn, but lost uh, Frankie Collins. Um, Maryland had to make some moves, and like they added the pieces they need. I think like they they could. I don't know if they're a winner, but they're not a loser. Um, Minnesota added Dawson Garcia. I thought that was you know a kind of clutch for them. Get you know Minnesota guy back home who's got tons of talent. I mean he was one of the most wanted transfers a year ago uh, before he picked North Carolina, and then he's had some you know personal family issues that you know kept him away from the team for most of the year. Um, so I think those three those teams have done well. All right, you want to know my dark dark horse? Thank you for asking. Yeah, sure. Ohio State. Who's your dark horse? Ohio State. I mean, they've certainly hit the transfer portal hard. I mean, they got mm-hmm. three you know, guys incoming. Um, but to replace Malachi Branham and EJ Liddell, right. two first-round picks, as it's kind of trending to seem right now, like that's an uphill climb. But 
Chris Holtman though has kind of shown that he can. He's won. He's basically won every where every season he's been a coach. So yeah, probably should put a little trust in him. All right, Scott Ritchie. Good morning, Alana Nation. It's gold. Uh, Six a.m. AlanaHQ.com. Every stinking day, even when you're covering high school soccer and NCAA tennis and all those events, love it. Check it out. Unique online content. What you got coming this week? With that, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> That's way to ruin the plug. Yeah, Scott well, Richie. Now for like this week is going to be a little TBD. Uh, the week after, where um, I'm gonna be gone, vacation. I, I missed that memo. Yeah, um, kind of just it's going to be a look at the Big Ten, just kind of you know, breakdown of every yeah. team's off season, where they stand, their chances to raise a banner after the 2022-23 season. So, got that to look forward to. All right, follow along. Scotty, uh, you got a little tennis uh, this week. That should be fun. The uh, weather's finally cooperating uh, with the folks at Atkins. Uh, Maybe they could play outside. Yeah, neat atmosphere. Boy, a lot of uh, different teams in town. A lot of uh, the tennis is an intense, intense atmosphere. If you had a chance to follow along some of the reactions of the winning teams and such. Yeah, or the individual players, the fans. Right, like, coaches take their shirts off. I'm all for that. There was a Tennessee assistant coach that went full Eric Musselman. <laughs> Must be an SEC thing, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's great to have it in town. Uh, any parting thoughts before I let you go? Well, just you know, having made it through 200 episodes, I'd just like to thank our loyal listeners mm, for true. sticking with us and tuning in every Monday for inside Illini basketball and every Monday to come. That's great. All right, Scotty, uh, we will talk to you next Monday.